Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and I am so excited that you're here to catch the weekly replay of my laid-back yet very inspiring conversations with other full-time professional artists. The purpose of this series is to show aspiring artists that it is completely possible to have a great career in the arts. And if you ever want to tune in and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just check out the schedule over at facebook.com groups slash artist academy every Tuesday to catch us on live. I'll see you there. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time six-figure art business. With weekly trainings that include step-by-step proven art business techniques, plus painting tutorials from yours truly and other guest artists who are masters in their field, you will be well-equipped to learn and grow into the highly skilled and highly profitable artist you know you're meant to be. I've figured out what it takes to build my own six-figure art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. It's not hard, but it does require your time and dedication. So if you're up for the challenge, go to advancedmember.com. That's advancedmember.com to learn more. This week's episode features one of the artists who helped me get my start in the art world, Farley Lewis. Farley is a calligrapher and landscape artist based here in Missouri, and we center most of our conversation around the joys of plein air competitions. (laughs) He mentions about halfway through the interview that these outdoor competitions are one of the major ways he sells his art, so I had to dive in on him with all the questions. (laughs) By the way, did you know that plein air is French for outdoors? I googled it. So now you know. Now we all know. And it makes sense, right? Farley mentions that he meets collectors at these plein air events. He talks about how getting the experience has made him a better painter. He gets to mingle with other artists and so many other positive aspects. I hope that if you're someone who is thinking about maybe trying out one of these plein air events or if you had no idea that this existed, (laughs) I hope that this inspires and educates you on the subject enough for you to maybe seek out more information on events in your area and sign up for one. As Farley mentions, the first event can be a little intimidating, but like everything else, it gets easier and can be really beneficial to your art career. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Farley Lewis. Uh, How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to get to talk to you. It's mostly because yeah. you hold a special place in my art history career heart. Because well, thank you. <laughs> yes, because you were there when mm-hmm. I first started Bass Pro, and you helped train me, and it was just like a crazy big scary time, and you helped me a lot. <laughs> and so I'm so excited to get to catch up with you and everything. So if you just kind of wanted to start out maybe by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got where you are now and just all of those fun things. 
Yes. Well, I am really excited to be here with you. And uh, it's been really good to get to know you over these past few years. And um, doing the Bass Pro work together with you was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so um, I started uh, years ago. That, uh, as I reviewed my story, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is going to make me sound so old. But I started back in 1986, got a college with a, a fine arts degree and felt like I was I really wanted to do fine art as a living. And, um, and I, I was working in some other type of jobs and kind of looking for a way to make a living at art. And uh, I lost my job in construction and uh, I, I did a sign for somebody. I did some mural work for somebody else. And, and uh, I, after about a month, I had my bills paid and I didn't, still didn't have a real job. And I was like, well, this is working for me. So I just kind of kept doing it. Just kind of went for it. Said, "Okay, I'm just going to go for it and do this thing." So, um, so I've been. That was, you know, what 35 years ago, and and I've done a lot of other jobs through the years, a couple other jobs through the years, but this has always been a real passion to do this. So, I, and I went back full time about two years ago, two and a half years ago, and so that's what I've been doing full time. Awesome. Since then, so. You just kind of got thrown into it, and you're like, "Well, I'll just try <laughs> this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was something like that. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, so are you doing art full time right now or do you still? Do I am. Okay. Yeah. I am. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I did that. I, I got back into it in 2017. I was, I had been working as a pastor for like 20 years. Yeah. Um, but I was doing Bass Pro work and other types of things like that mural jobs on the side. Um, but I wanted to get back into it. So I, uh, in 2017, I made that decision that I was just going to focus on doing paintings and get better at it. So I started doing that. And um, about uh, a year into that, about 2018, January, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I just quit my day job, went full time. It's kind of scary because <laughs> we didn't have a lot of income for a few years. They say to make a living as an artist, you have to marry well. And uh, I married well. So my wife wasn't overly anxious about it. And I remember feeling so guilty being in there painting all the time because I was having fun doing it and it didn't feel like a real job. And, and she was like, that's what you that's what you're trying to do for a living. Just go for it. So it was really good. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that you just mm -hmm. recently went full time. I I just kind of. Yeah. All right. Were, were you doing half and half, basically, when I'm when I met you like five, six years ago? <laughs> well, yeah. I was doing about one week a month. I was doing mural work for Bass Pro. Okay. That was back in 2007, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for years. I still do Bass Pro work. Uh, so what makes up your typical work day? How many hours do you typically spend painting? Probably four to six hours, something like that. I get up early and, you know, have my coffee and that kind of stuff. And um, I usually start painting by 7, 7.30, oh, wow. break for breakfast, start up again. And yeah, usually by the afternoon, I'm kind of spent. So uh, oh. mornings are my best time. And so I try to get my painting done during the morning. And then in the afternoon, I do boring stuff like errands and office work. So, oh, okay. Well, I appreciate yeah. you taking some time to um, <laughs> chat with us in the morning with your precious paint time. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Well, those four to six hour work days, that's very different than the Bass Pro Shops days where they're like 10 hours minimum. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'm on a mural job, I'll usually work longer hours. 
that if I'm in my studio painting, that's usually six hours. Usually by the time I do six hours of painting in my studio, I start making mistakes and yeah. So, Oh really? I find it's better to just stop and start fresh later. I sometimes I'll pick it up in the evening too, but yeah. Okay. Awesome. So are you wanting to do more like landscapes that you're doing right now? Or are you, are you still doing lettering? Cause I remember you just being a boss at lettering. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I do a little bit of both. I I'm trying to make a living just doing paintings. Okay. I'd like to, you know, have 80% of my income doing paintings and then, and that would include murals. Um, and then 20% doing, you know, teaching workshops and, and lettering because I enjoy the sign stuff. Yeah. But um, I really, really enjoyed doing landscape paintings. Okay, gotcha. So that's my favorite. So I'm kind of hoping to make that my primary source of income. Yeah. Awesome. I remember one memory of you specifically when we were first starting out at Bass Pro and you were like showing me how to letter and stuff and you would do one le- or one word and I would do the other word and I was halfway through my word and I look over and you're like done and I'm like man <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny now because I think of that all the time and I actually tell my students or people that I'm training now because that will happen now I, I'm like I'll, I'll go really quickly and they're like yeah. you're going too fast like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's just how it is. And I was like, I was the same way with you as you are. And yeah. I, I know exactly how that feels, but it's just how it is. <laughs> like, you, yeah, will, you, it is. you will get there. And so, yeah, I remember you just like. Yeah. And you're doing such good work now. Thanks. Yeah. I love the stuff you're doing now. It's just so, so good. Thanks. Likewise. Uh, I, I love your, um, when you take photos of your landscapes that are just like, beginning, middle, end, and you post them, I'm like, uh-huh. it just kind of, because I'm not super big on landscapes, I'm like, that's how he did that, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, okay, um, so can you talk us through your painting process? Is there any methods or techniques? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, what I do is I, I, I kind of have three goals as I start. My first goal is a good, strong composition. And a strong composition in my mind is something that's easy to read, so that if, if the painting was the size of a postage stamp, you'd still be able to tell what it is. You, it Ooh. still makes sense in a little bitty square. Um, and it's, it's all unified if a, a strong composition tells one story. So I don't want to say too much in one painting. I want to say one primary thing. And so that's another part of that strong composition. Um, the second thing that I look for is, my, I guess my second goal in my painting process is I want to have authentic looking light. So if somebody looks at one of my paintings, I want them to be able to say, oh, that's, you know, the sun's out or the sun's behind the clouds or the sun's just now coming up or it's foggy or rainy or whatever. So um, that's important to me that the light looks real and authentic. Um, And to get that look, I have to really pay attention to values and color temperature. I find those are the two biggest things. and then my third goal in, my third, in the process is I want really clean looking colors. So, and I find that the biggest secret to keeping my colors clean is keeping my palette clean. Because mm. uh, for years, my palette was a train wreck and I couldn't keep my colors clean. They got muddy on me. And then I realized that if my 
palate is a train wreck. My pain is a train. My painting is a train wreck. So, <laughs> yeah. So that helped a ton, just keeping my palate clean. So now, in a in a two hour sign or a two hour session of painting, I may clean my palate six, eight, ten times. Um, but that really, really helps me. Okay. Yeah. You you definitely. Oh, sorry. The light is going kind of crazy here. Um, you definitely <laughs> um, use light really well. That's one, oh, one thing. Yeah, that's one thing with just looking at your paintings and like he understands how to paint light really well. And that's something I'm still working on. So whenever you're doing light, is it just is it mostly looking at your reference photo or is it what are, like do you have yeah. some, like certain go to colors with when you paint light? Well, um, First of all, with my reference photos, I understand the limitations of pictures, photos, and they, they exaggerate values so that your dark values go way too dark and your light values go way too light. So while I'm looking at a reference photo, I understand this really dark value is probably not that dark. So it's helpful for me to remember the scene that I photographed and remember the color nuances that I saw when I was actually in that place and then try to then I'm using my reference photo as kind of a guideline, but not a rule. Um, and that way, that really helps a lot. Um, and then just getting the values right is super important. Um, they say values do all the work and color gets all the credit. And I really believe that. So if mm -hmm. I can just get my values correct, those darks and lights, if I can get that right, and then if I can get the color temperatures right, you know, is it like on a sunny day, you tend to have... Uh, warm highlights and cool shadows. And on a cloudy day, you tend to have cool highlights and warm shadows. Um, so if I can do that, that really, really helps define the time of day. So. Okay, great tips. Okay, so you photograph yeah. your paintings yourself. Well, I do the I do my reference photos myself, but as far as like if I need prints from a photo, from a painting, um, I don't photograph my picture, my paintings very well. <laughs> so I have to take them into a place and have them scan the, the painting. So that, yeah, I still haven't figured out how to take a good picture of my paintings. So if you have any tips for me, I'm all ears. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> not really. <laughs> I, yeah. I do it, but now, nowadays I just take them into my printer and he does it for yeah. me. So it's yep. just so That's much easier. But I think it's yeah. so, so cool that you go out and you take your own reference photos. That's, and so is it mostly around here, around in Missouri? Probably 80% of my paintings are local. Um, my wife and I try to get out and see the world. And so um, whenever we're doing that, I'm taking lots of pictures. And, mm -hmm. and she humors me, lets me stop the car in strange places to take pictures. But some of those turn into good paintings, you know. And uh, I've, I've even taken photographs driving 70 miles an hour down the highway uh, through the front windshield. I call them my dirty windshield series, you know. <laughs> and some of those even become good paintings. Um, amazingly so yeah oh my gosh yeah. that's so funny yeah I feel like yeah. a lot of artists are similar in that way I'm always like stop the car stop the car right now like, right. Like, he's like we're in the middle of the road I'm like it'll just take a second <laughs> like, right <it's> <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay yeah so is there anything you don't like to paint without I 
Well, I like to have good materials. So cheap paint, that kind of thing just irritates the heck out of me. But the main thing I have to have is my confidence. And sometimes I lose my confidence. You know, I paint two or three dead paintings in a row or I'm at a plein air event and I'm just sucking bigger molecules. I'm just doing terrible. I'm just like, and, and I don't know if you ever get to those places, but I'm just like, what am I doing? Why am I in this field? I'm, I'm terrible at this, you know, and I have to, I have to find a way to get my confidence back. So that may be a long walk in the woods. I go out and pray and talk to God, or I may go out with friends and hang out and, um, or look at paintings that I've done that were good, go back and just remind myself that I really can do this, you know, but I find, or one of the things I do is I, I do a small painting that I know I can succeed at. So maybe I've tried two or three difficult paintings and they're just not working. So I go back to what I know and I do something familiar. Okay. I know I can nail this, you know, and I get my confidence back and then I can really start painting in my element again. Do you ever lose your confidence when you're painting? Um, yeah. So we worked on one last year that was just a really big landscape and I can do landscapes kind of like, but mostly it was lettering and wildlife. And so like, it was a really Mm -hmm. big landscape and I was just like, I called Emily and I'm like, I need help. (laughs) Like this is, it is. So, but that was one of the main times and, but not as much now as, but back then. Definitely. Exactly. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any art lessons you've learned the hard way? Well, years ago, uh, I started doing uh, decals, you know, on vinyl decals. And one of the first ones, I, I think it was maybe the very first vinyl decal I did. Somebody wanted their Corvette airbrushed onto a decal, vinyl decal that he was going to stick on something, you know. And so I bought the vinyl uh, I airbrushed it. Took me forever. I was really proud of it. Well, I got the thing that was about three feet long, and I got it all done. And I like barely touched the surface of it, and the paint came right off. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, what did I do? Oh. And I realized I painted the entire thing on the back side of the vinyl, so it was like on the wrong side, and the 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 like that thin paper that you throw away. That's what I painted it on. Oh, so. I know it was disastrous. So I had to do the whole thing over. So the lesson I learned is if you don't know, ask somebody who does know. So (laughs) I didn't know which side of the vinyl to paint on. And I had to learn the hard way. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, So I still do that. If I don't know something, I I don't hesitate to call somebody. Yeah. That's a great, great lesson too. And, And I'm sure a lot of artists have stuff like that happen. I have a story of that last summer. I was painting a a fountain, like a really big water fountain for a client. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I got this. I can just use exterior paint. It'll be fine. Like, like, and and then I did it all beautiful and it was blue and pretty. And then I went in to get a sealer for it, thinking it was just like a mural. And the paint, uh, the people at the paint store just kind of laughed at me. They're like, that's not going to last. You need pool paint, specifically submerged water paint. And and I was like, okay, okay. Oh, and so I, I went, no. went back to the client, told him, and he was like, it's no big deal. I was like, okay. And then they turned the fountain on and it bubbled for a month because paint, like nor- normal <laughs> paint has like soap in it and it, or, or, or like a certain kind of chemical to where it's, it's soapy. And he's like, yeah, he called me like two weeks later. He's like, it's still bubbling. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> 
from now on any any like any kind of surface i call my paint store i'm like hey can i paint on this yeah <laughs> yeah sherwin williams guys they're worth their weight in gold yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, have yeah. you have you ever been to a uh, seminal decor center here i have i love locally? that place okay yeah they're like my go-to they're the ones i always call i'm like hey guys yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome okay so how do you get the majority of your commissions is it instagram is it word of mouth I get a lot through Instagram and Facebook and just people I know. And um, one of the things that's been helpful for me is I began to do these plein air events. And there's probably people watching that don't know what a plein air event is. But, you know, plein air is painting outside, looking at the scene that you're painting. And they have these events all over the U.S. And I started doing those in 2018. And that's been a really good thing. I sell a lot of paintings at those, oh. won some awards. And it's getting my name out there. So and, and I get commission work and sell paintings through that a lot, too. Okay, great. So how does someone hmm. search for a plein air event? Well, that's a good question. I, I started just going online and looking for them because I didn't have a clue. And I found uh, the big one in, the, in Missouri is Augusta Plein Air. And they usually do that in April and May, a 10-day event. And this year, because of COVID-19, they shifted it to September. So, oh, okay. um, uh, but yeah, that's a really good event. It's been a good event for me. And, um, but yeah, they have them all over. There's probably 250, 300 events in the, all over the United States. And I did my first internet or kind of my first national event um, in March in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So that was fun. Got to go to Santa Fe and paint that area. Never been there. And it was just really cool. I, I really had a good time. And I won a few awards, sold several paintings. And so awesome. anyway, so, it's, it, it's been good. Okay, good. Let, let's talk about this plein air thing. Um, so I've never tried it before, although I've seen mm -hmm. uh, Susan Watkins does a lot. Do you know her from Fast Pro? And you do them. And so let's just talk about them a little bit. So do you so you find one on Google, right near you coming up. So you apply. Are they juried mostly or do they let anybody in or the bigger ones are juried? The smaller ones, just about anybody could get in. Um, so. Uh, but to get in the ones that you can make better money at, you tend to kind of get have to be juried in. Okay. And then, uh, so you said you did a national one. Do you have to qualify for that one? Or yeah, okay. I mean the, the it's it's getting juried in. That's the qualification for it. They will look at your website sometimes. You send them, you know, six plein air paintings you've done and that kind of thing. So, and I've I've been accepted to two or three of them this year. So. Uh, I'm, just this year, I'm kind of, that was my goal this year is to go national. And so that's, that's, that's what I'm doing with the plein air events anyway. Oh, so it, it's exciting, but it's intimidating too, because uh, several of the people that I really respect in the plein air world are the people that I'm going to be competing with in these coming months. Um, so it's like running with the big boys now. Um, <laughs> so it's exciting, but intimidating too. So. Okay. Awesome. Do you have your own like easel setup and stuff when, when you go to these things, like a very lightweight thing you carry or. I do. Okay. Yeah. I wish it was more lightweight because <laughs> I lug it around. And if I have to walk a half mile, I'm, I'm feeling it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's a good setup. Uh, my friend, Tim Bro 
actually designed the easel and he builds those things and he's an excellent painter, good plein air painter. One of the first guys I met in the plein air world. So um, we still paint together once in a while and yeah. So he, he makes your easel, is that what you said? Uh-huh. Yeah, he actually oh, wow. designed and built the easel. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> In fact, it's behind me. That that easel that you see right here, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, so uh, yeah. you, you, you have your painting right there. So do you usually work pretty small when you're at? I mean, small as in compared to, like, giant murals, but, like, maybe, right. like, a 10 by 14-ish? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's about my favorite size, 11 by 14 when I'm out. Uh, outside painting that's a good size I'll go all the way up to a 16 by 20 outside but that's a pretty big outside painting some people do enormous outdoor paintings and uh, you know plein air paintings I'm not there yet so I prefer to do them a little bit smaller um, I did one two days ago that was a 9 by 12 and that's kind of a nice fun size ah. um, so yeah. for, Those... for a long painting like a landscape uh-huh yeah yeah, and do eight by sixteens, twelve by twenty fours, those kind of stuff. I've done those outside. Um, okay, how long does one painting take you? So, do you get out there in the morning and you're finished by the afternoon, or? Uh huh. Yeah, I usually would be finished by the end of the morning huh? in a plein air painting, and I'll often bring it home to the studio. Now, if it's a, if it's at an event, I'm kind of done with it out in the field. But if I'm doing one here and I'm not in an event not competing, then I'll bring it home and look at it in my studio and do some touch up and fix the things I don't like. And so okay, a little bit of both. It's usually about a 90% plein air and 10% studio painting. Okay. And one last question. So um, about mm -hmm. that one. So whenever you go to these events, is it so obviously they have really beautiful landscapes? Um, or is it mostly on a farm or in the hills? Or what's the usual setting for a plein air painting? That's a good question. Okay, like we'll use Augusta plein air as an example. It's up in wine country up in your St. Louis, Missouri. And so they'll do a lot of the daily events. You know, each day they'll have one or two daily events. And one of the daily events will be at, usually at a winery. So it's in beautiful setting, um, seating areas, uh, lots of people around, tables with umbrellas, vineyards, hills, farms, all of that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, and then there, there might be 40, 50, 60 artists there, and they just all spread out and find something that they want to paint. Um, sometimes it'll be on somebody's farm. So you go to somebody's farm out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, they have a barn, they have outbuildings, they have their house, they have a creek, fields, cows, and you just find something that strikes you as something that you'd like to paint and go at it. And, and then usually, you know, four hours after you start something like that, they, you have to turn in your painting and it's framed and, and it goes into a show that right there right then and there and they'll have a judge that comes and judges it and they give give out first second third place purchase prize all that so they're a lot of fun okay. i mean i would encourage you to do it they're pretty fun now one thing about plein air painting they say that when you first start plein air painting and this was true for me i know when you first start you find out that you're like half the painter that you thought you were <laughs> yeah i feel like that's gonna happen years, to me <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
It definitely happened to me. After a few years of doing it, you find out you're way better of a painter than you were because painting on site, it, it has a lot of challenges, you know, um, not just mosquitoes and changing light. The changing light is, a, is really a challenge. You know, the shadows continue to change, so you kind of have to decide what moment of the day you're painting and stick with it. Um, Okay. But, you know, I even had, I was down painting at a creek once and a, a group of people came and watched me and their dog came over and peed on my foot. Oh so, my you God. know, that's never happened. I know. Isn't that hilarious? That's never happened in my studio. So there's a lot of challenges that happen outside painting that don't happen in your studio. Um, but anyway, it's a lot of fun. I, and part of it is just being out in nature, you know. It's kind of an excuse to get outside. And yeah. I used to go fishing a lot. And it was an excuse to get outside. So now I can take my brushes and an easel and go out there and do it that way. I guess, so. yeah. The, the being out in, in nature part of it is the alluring part of it, really. The whole mm -hmm. painting with a bunch of other painters. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, okay, so after you're done with your painting and then it goes to get juried, are there other – do you bring other paintings with you um, to show – or is it just um, I, one painting? And do you meet collectors there? Definitely meet collectors. Mm -hmm. So like in a 10-day event like Augusta, you'll have these daily events every day for 10 days. Oh, okay. And each day there will be a purchase prize. So you might sell, and they might be $500 for, you know, if you get the purchase prize. And then there's prize money for first, second, third place, whatever, you know, um, each day. Or just sometimes they just have a first place and honorable mentions if it's a little bit smaller show, whatever. Um, and then at the end of the time, at the end of the 10-day event, there will be the kind of the main event which will have a sale involved and and you can turn in your usually like your two or three best paintings and augusta it's usually your three best paintings for the whole 10 days or 12 days or however long it is and they will then there's a judge that judges those paintings from each artist and augusta will have 150 artists so there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of competition and so you but you turn in your three best paintings for judging and then you could win best of show, you know, and that's a bigger prize. Um, and then the other thing that happens is you, you can uh, hang all of your paintings that you've done during those 10 days, 12 days. And there's a big show where everybody has their paintings up for sale. And those are a lot of fun because that brings out the art collectors and the people from the area. Um, a lot of people go through, I mean, you'll have hundreds and hundreds of people come through those events looking for a painting to purchase. Some of the people that collect my art now are the ones that found me at these plein air events. Very cool. Yeah. So they might yeah. be worth it. <laughs> Somebody oh, wants they're to definitely try it worth it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is intimidating at first just because you're around, I mean, my first event, I was scared to death, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, it was intimidating, but it was good. I, you know, the, there's people that out there, they're just super friendly. I yeah. mean, you've, you have found how enjoyable artists tend to be. They usually have positive attitudes. And I don't know, I love hanging out with them. Okay, yeah, because everybody's in the same boat, you know, right. <laughs> okay. Um, what are your future art plans and goals? What are you working on right now? What's in the works? What's, uh, what's going on? Well, um, I want to do more online, like teaching, 
you know, training videos, things like that. I have this friend that's just killing it in that field. Her name is Andrea. And, uh, yeah. anyway, you're doing was, so good at that. I you're was like literally, hero. oh, that's right. I was literally about to be like, if you want help with that, I'll help you. And then you were like, I have this friend. I was like, oh, here he has someone. No, I want your help. I would you're, love you're to. You're a master at it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, um, I would absolutely love to. Also, um, yeah, let's let's talk about talk a little bit about it because I would love to help you video something and help you edit it and all that, and then maybe oh, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, well, and I I also want to do workshops in really cool places. Okay. Like yeah, like I used to live in South Africa. My family and I were missionaries there, and it's an absolutely gorgeous country, and I'd love to take a group on a plein air trip to South Africa and paint the countryside, maybe set up in a game reserve. I mean, we can't do it in a place where, you know, there's lions, you know, but I mean, somewhere safe that we could all set up and paint. And I, I think that'd be so much fun. So it would be like a vacation for people, a retreat time away, but also they could learn to do better paintings. Yeah. So that's another goal I have. And then I also want to do creativity conferences and one of the places I really want to do that is like Haiti, um, Port-au-Prince. I've been in Port-au-Prince a time or two and a uh, lot of artists in the area. Um, but I'd love to be able to do something for them, um, offer free workshops, uh, do talks on, on how to paint, how to develop your creativity. I, I just, I'd love to do something like that. That's awesome. But I love yeah. that you're adding travel into it as well. Yeah. And you love to travel. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. started recently to like everywhere I travel, I'm like, I need to paint in these places. <laughs> and so yeah. I love that you're doing that as well. That's, that's so have you been awesome. doing that? Have you, have you been painting in the places that you go? Well, so I'll, we'll usually send out a couple emails or we'll just walk up to a school or a business and we'll be like hey can we paint some butterfly wings for you and that's usually how that goes so we'll like like in thailand we tried to send them a proposal and when we got there we we realized why we they never responded because it's just not a computer oriented place but it just kind of depends on the place but every place i'm like i want to find a place to paint here whether it's at a school or business <laughs> or something so that's that's, that's so cool the newest thing yeah <laughs> so I'm, i saw you painting uh, I saw you painting on your cruise in uh, Alaska, I guess, that area. Oh, and or you were drawing. Antarctica, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I know. That's yeah. so cool. That was our honeymoon, actually. Yeah. And I just, really? we were we were looking around trying to find a place to paint, but Antarctica isn't really <laughs> a place for that. So I was like, dang it. <laughs> so I just brought some colored pencils and was creating in the free time. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I have one more question for you that I will let you go. Is there any advice that you would want to give artists who want to make art their full-time career, but don't know where to start? That's a great question, Andrea. I, um, I heard somebody say this and I thought this was really good advice. They said two things. If you want to become a full-time artist, number one, get good. Number two, get out there. Ooh, I like and that. so I, I thought, okay, that's really what, that's kind of what I did. I, not that I'm, I don't, I don't you are good. The world's <laughs> great. Oh, thank yeah, you. But, I just got to let but it stop. I, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I set out 
in 2017 to get good. And I, I practiced and I took workshops and, you know, years ago I wanted to get good at murals. So I, uh, somebody, I, I knew the guy who started stained glass theater, a local theater, and they needed sets painted for it. So I was like, I can do that. So I volunteered to do those for free. Well, I ended up doing sets for stained glass theater for 10 years. Um, and it was invaluable learning how to paint murals. You know, it helped train me to work big. So anything that you can do to improve your skills, because I find that it's way easier for me to sell a really good painting than a mediocre painting. <laughs> so it's like some of the best marketing advice is get better at what you do. So that's what I've been trying to do. Still, you know, still working on it. Um, but the second thing is to get out there. You know, once you're, as you get better, you need to let people know you're around. And so about two and a half years ago, I joined Fresh Gallery here in Springfield. And uh, I'm actually leading the gallery now. So oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but it helped get my name out there because really nobody, not very many people knew who I was as an artist. And, uh, but when I joined Fresh Gallery, you know, all these people coming through, seeing my work. And now I have work in Hawthorne Gallery as well and a few other places around. Um, and so that's been really helpful to me just to, you know, get good and then get my name out there. And one more thing about getting out there is I find if I go out and paint in public, it's really helpful because then people, they see me, they come up and talk to me. And I love to talk to people while I'm painting, you know, um, it's just fun. So that that's that's helped too, just being out in public painting. Great advice. Yeah. I love everything mm. about what you just said. That's basically the Artist Academy framework. It's like, okay, practice your skill, and then we're gonna kick you out there, and you're gonna excel in the paintings. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but go. I love that. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's so much easier to sell a good painting than it is a mediocre painting. That's yeah. so true because a lot of people are um a, lo a lot of students even they're like I'm, I'm scared to get out there I don't think I'm good yet I was like then stay home and practice <laughs> like be really yeah. really good until you know you're at the point where it might be okay for you to put yourself out there and then put yourself out there and it's not that hard <laughs> yeah yeah okay well I have really enjoyed getting to talk to you it's been a while it's been too long and so let's get together and chat about doing some online classes and stuff I would love that would be great I would so appreciate your help yeah sure I would yeah I would so. appreciate your instruction on how to paint light as well so maybe we can work a little deal in there so okay well I All hope right. you enjoy your Tuesday and thanks so much oh, again thank you hey thanks for having me on I really appreciate yeah. it Oh, yeah, That's no good. problem. I'm so this happy has to been talk fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. See ya. <laughs>
It's not hard, but it does require your time and dedication. So if you're up for the challenge, go to advancedmember.com. That's advancedmember.com to learn more. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. If you review our podcast and send a screenshot of that review to me on Instagram, I am at art by Andrea Earhart. I will then promote your art on my story and tag you as a little thank you for helping me grow this podcast and our Artist Academy community. I have a reach of over 50,000 on Instagram. So this is a little help me to help you incentive. Also, if you ever want your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop on over to facebook.com slash groups slash artist academy to check out the schedule every Tuesday to catch us on live. I'll see you next week.